0: people who have responded to our invitation from the Office of Foreign Assets Control at the U.S. Treasury Department and the FBI Counterterrorism Division. Uh, The title of my presentation is not dealing as much with boycotts, uh, but law enforcement. It's titled U.S. Charitable Contributions, Illegal Settlements, and Suicide Terrorism. The year 2005 uh, has seen a confluence of extremely important research uh, published by various entities uh, including uh, recent reports uh, from uh, USA Today uh, showing that illegal settlement financing has reached $60 billion. The Talia Sasson report, uh, which we'll be discussing in depth, which dove into illegal settlement financing at the behest of the Prime Minister of Israel and came up with an extremely important report. Uh, But we've also seen here in the Senate and Congress recent uh, investigations into unfettered U.S. tax-exempt 501C3 contributions, uh, which were laundered into illegal settlement financing. And the final study that I think is extremely important is the Robert Pape study published in 2005, uh, directly tied to this theme uh, for its quantitative and empirical linking of suicide terrorism to occupation. In the time allotted, I'd like to draw some conclusions about these studies as well as uh, talk about how they affect U.S. interests and U.S. law enforcement uh, as an effort to confront these problems. USA Today uh, quoted Vice Premier Simone Perez as estimating that since 1977, when the Likud government took over, Uh, Their best estimate of financial flows into illegal settlement building was approximately 50 billion dollars. This investment is scattered over 142 settlements, uh, according to the Sasan report, uh, 150 with more than a quarter of a million people uh, involved uh, in taking advantage uh, of settlements. Although U.S. tax laws, as we'll see later, and the criminal code doesn't allow this, entities uh, mentioned in the Sassan report, such as the World Zionist Organization, have allowed donors to inject money into settlements without losing their tax exemptions. And all of this has flown in the face of consistent U.S. policies, uh, which have formally uh, sought to discourage settlement activity. Uh, For those of you uh, who are worried uh, about taking notes, um, please don't bother. The full presentation is available on the IRMEP.org website for download uh, and review. Talia Sasson was chartered. uh, She's a former Israeli state prosecutor chartered by the Israeli Prime Minister to investigate and submit a report about the status, extent, growth, and in particular, entities promoting illegal settlement growth in occupied territories. She released a full report to the Israeli cabinet. We have access to uh, a summary of this report, which can be found on the Internet uh, simply by searching for summary of the opinion concerning unauthorized outposts. It's very interesting and important reading. The report removes a tight lid, which has formerly been kept, on what she believes is a massive criminal conspiracy involving multiple agencies as well as nonprofit corporations. And let's be clear that in the case of her report, uh, the violations are against Israeli as opposed to international law. Sasan compiled a report in which she identified 150 communities stating that the list was certainly incomplete, uh, which had been constructed and were illegal under Israeli law. She further stated there are four requirements under Israeli laws for any settlement to be considered legal, again, Israeli law, one of which is there must be an authoritative political echelon which... Uh, approves of a settlement, that interest in titles to the land be settled, a third condition is that settlements can only be established according to a lawful building permit, and fourth that the bounds of the jurisdiction would have to be approved uh, by uh, military commanders in the area. She states that one uh, the uh, fulfillment or lack of fulfillment of any one of these makes a settlement illegitimate in the eyes of Israeli law. And that 150 settlements she identified in her reports were illegal for lack of one or all of these legal requirements. Uh, she further found many instances of financial flows and participation Uh, revealing formal government support for illegal settlement building including the provision of free mobile homes, coordination with defense industry, uh, deployment of the settlements, uh, logistically connection to electrical grid hookups, as well as education ministry support for nursery school education and other education at the settlements. Excerpts from a report, two of which uh, I'll put up on the slide here, I think uh, are worth uh, reviewing uh, word for word. She found the central coordinator for illegal settlements is the World Zionist Organization, or WZO, which was involved in allotment of funds, construction finance, and seizure of Palestinian property and private lands, activities uh, all of which fall outside of its legal mandate in Israel. Quoting from the formal findings of her report, she states, the Commissioner of Government and Deserted Property in the Civil Administration represents the state as the owner of state lands, and allots lands to the WZO. Since 1996, the WZO is allotted with lands for planning purposes only. Apparently the organization allots the lands to others for purposes of development and establishing of settlements contrary to its permit." Unquote. And once again, quote, they are the ones who finance construction without a resolution by the political echelon in contrary to government resolutions with no legal planning status, sometimes not on state-owned land, sometimes on private Palestinian property or on survey land. This naming of the WZO is extremely important. Most of the violations which focus on the WZO, mention that it is not formally part of the Israeli government but shares facilities, budgets uh, with an entity called the Jewish Agency which oversees development within Israel's internationally recognized borders. The Settlement Division and the Jewish Agency came from the former Land Development Department of the WZO, the World Science Organization, which has managed the creation of villages since the 1920s, before it was separated into two bodies. And WZO is a complex organization. According to an excellent report in the foreword on March 18, 2005, titled Jewish Proficials, Officials profess shock over report on Zionist body. It came out at the same time as the Sassan report. Uh, they note that it's quote funded mainly by philanthropies, unquote. Again, WZO is not a part of the government, but it is in the corporate sense an international organization tied to nonprofits in many countries, including the United States. It does, however, overlap with the government in sharing staff facilities and some budget line items. According to this article in the foreword, a number of U.S. nonprofits control 30% of WZO. Uh, They are actively raising funds in the United States. They are conducting many worthy charitable tax-exempt activities in the United States but their direct and controlling ties to the WZO and by extension direct responsibility for illegal activities are indisputable. In this chart, we list the supreme institution which governs the WZO, the Zionist Congress. It's the highest legislative authority and according to its website Its voting and associate organizations meet at least once every four years to select delegates uh, and vote on WZO initiatives. The United States sends 29 percent of these 500 delegates second only to Israel which sends 38 percent of the delegates. Among the high profile United States uh, divisions of the Zionist Congress we find Uh, B'nai B'rith International, and Hadassah, uh, I might be pronouncing that wrong, the Women's Zionist Organization, among others. Um, More listed in the forward uh, discussion. A review of publicly available IRS information, which is made available on the GuideStar.org website, which is a collection of all of the tax filings from nonprofit corporations, Hadassah and B'nai B'rit reveal robust charitable organizations. Hadassah has multiple chapters in major cities and engages uh, since 1912 in the United States to many worthy educational and charitable works in the United States. In Israel it supports a medical school of Hebrew University and provides critical medical service, child welfare, uh, and aid to refugees. But again, and according to the Sassan report, there's no getting around the fact that both of the organizations, major organizations listed uh, in the report, Hadassah and Bene Brit, are also linked uh, to an organization in pursuit of vast settlement building in the West Bank. We've also discovered, however, throughout 2005 many less direct U.S. charitable connections to illegal settlement building. The organizations with WZO ties are not the only terrible organizations involved in this funding, and many of them are quite clear about their role. A vast number of tax-exempt organizations not necessarily coordinated in any particular fashion uh, funnel tax-exempt contributions from U.S. donors toward activities considered illegal in the Sasan report. I've listed a few here, uh, Christian Friends of Israel, Colorado Spring, with the tax exempt mandate of educating Christians about the land of Israel and biblical significance of current events in the Middle East, dispersed $100,000 for construction projects. The American Friends of the College of Judea and Samaria, a, a nonprofit in Brooklyn, has a nonprofit mandate to provide support for the expansion and furtherance of the needs of educational institutions in Israel but put a quarter of a million dollars into establishing a college in the illegal West Bank settlement of Ariel. And finally, the One Israel Fund of Cedarhurst is very open about its role. The mission is to provide essential humanitarian assistance to over 225,000 men, women, and children living in the 150 plus communities throughout Judea, Samaria, and Gaza." the One Israel Fund openly funneled $1.9 million into settlements, arms, training, and military equipment, uh, and also reported it to the IRS. We've also seen, however, that not all settlement financing, particularly involving arms, is so openly reported to the IRS. The nonprofit mission of the Capital Athletic Foundation here in Washington, D.C., is to quote, Foster character development by promoting the American ideals of sportsmanship in all endeavors. These ideals include integrity, honor, brotherhood, morality, leadership, and good citizenship. Sportsmanship is ethical behavior both on and off the playing field, both in athletics and in business, both as youth and as an adult." But the Capital Athletic Foundation's 2003 IRS Form 990 is not quite so ethical. They do refer to a transaction in which $44,000 were granted for education, athletics, and security. Uh, but since the lobbyists who ran the foundation is under a wider investigation for a range of criminal activities, uh, in a case uh, in particular for defrauding Indian tribes with casinos, we know that in multiple cases Jack Abramoff, uh, the leader of this uh, 501c3, had Indian tribe clients donate to the Capital Athletic Foundation, which then shipped military gear including sniper scopes, shooting mats, night vision goggles, uh, and other equipment to the Batara Lit Colony in the West Bank. And according to Senate, recent Senate testimony, and a report in Newsweek, Abramoff also sent a note to Ben Zvi in one of the settlements, uh, in which he said, thanks brother. If only there were another dozen of you, the dirty rats would be finished." He was referring to Palestinians living around the settlement. These payments were partially run through the Kolel Ohel Tiferit, uh, which is an entity which is simply not publicly traceable. Um, the details of this case of deception, however, are only available because there's a tangential criminal investigation with subpoenas into influence paddling and the misuse of 501 c 3 organizations related to defrauding Indian tribes, but not because of illegal settlement financing. It can be considered, however, a case of money laundering if we consider that the Paris-based uh, Financial Action Task Force definition as of 1989 includes a working definition that money laundering is not always proceeds from criminal activity but also can include legitimate proceeds which are intending to promote an unlawful activity. I'd like to shift gears now and take a look at the other important piece of research uh, that I'm covering today, specifically a groundbreaking study by University of Michigan Professor Robert Pape a highly uh, respected consultant to the Department of Defense and other organizations, which analyzes a database of 315 incidents of suicide terrorism from 1980 to 2003, and revealed the common denominator. The empirical quantitatively derived results of his study have given analysts across the country across the world a deeper understanding of suicide terrorism in an arena normally dominated by shallow research sloganeering and simplistic catchphrases. Pape found quote, that it is a strategic effort to compel target governments to withdraw forces from land that the so-called terrorists perceive as their national homeland, unquote. His study uh, published in the book Dying to Win is related in the following sense. Suicide terrorism, if it is truly a strategy of weak actors attempting to dislodge uh, governments and entities from land that they consider to be their own, we've got to look at it as a major motivator of terrorism. And we can do this by looking at a number of cases and documented justifications given by terrorists from Osama bin Laden, Abu Musab al-Zaqawi, and Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, which are now impossible to ignore. Osama bin Laden stated, quote, One reason behind the symbolic participation of the Western forces is to support the Jewish and Zionist plans for expansion of what is called Greater Israel, unquote. Abu al Zarqawi also has mentioned this many times as he seeks to motivate forces arrayed against the United States. Quote, you Americans as you know well, states al-Zarqawi, entered Iraq on a contractual basis and to create the state of greater Israel from the Nile to the Euphrates, unquote. The 9-11 terror, or the 9-11 Commission reports, uh, has also mentioned terrorism and its role in the attacks on the World Trade Center by Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, who by his own account was motivated not by his time spent in the United States and experiences here firsthand, but rather his violent disagreement with what was going on in Israel and Palestine. Although many pundits deny this as a factor motivating terrorism because it's easier to tell cell terrorists as a dark force, a simplistic force, a raid against the United States uh, who simply hate freedom, if we examine these writings and their continual calls for action to refer which refer to occupation as the warrant for suicide terrorism, then there's no sound basis to doubt their sincerity, however much we disagree with terrorism, and doubt the power of resistance to occupation as a rallying force that they're employing over and over again. In your uh, report, IRMEP report, the following diagram uh, can be seen as a diagram from the eyes of a terrorist. It's. Uh, final phase of the cycle in which weak forces rallied against occupiers, strike back at soft targets that they identify as part of a larger framework of occupation. As a rationale for terrorist attacks from Bin Laden, Zarqawi, and Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, uh, they've placed their asymmetrical retaliation on record as a direct response to expansion activities. And while U.S. policymakers can deny it, and you and I can choose not to believe it, it doesn't make it any less of a powerful motivator for these forces arrayed against the United States. Let's uh, get a quick update on the Sassan report as of this month. Although eight or nine months have gone by uh, since she's made her recommendations, Uh, They've come to little in the intervening nine months. According to this prosecutor, the WZO has continued a pattern of being mainly unresponsive and obfuscating obstructionist to her entreaties. A special committee appointed by the Israeli cabinet to implement the recommendations has simply not accomplished much. And Sassan's current observation of the cause of this uh, malaise is a simple lack of will. Within all of this, uh, we should realize that the person who chartered Sassan's examination in the first place was Ariel Sharon, who has now resigned from Likud, as stated in news media today, to enter a party more willing to deal territorially with the Palestinian issue. In the United States, There is certainly also a lack of will to confront our role in WZO operations uh, and tax-exempt laundering. Uh, Laws under Title 18 of the U.S. Criminal Code do make it illegal to carry out expeditions against a nation with which the U.S. is at peace or any type of property seizure. The US clearly is at peace with the Palestinians, and even complicated, confusing, Byzantine financial operations carried out against them by corporate entities can be prosecuted with no particular acts of Congress or the executive needed. It's simply a matter of will and the desire to enforce US law. Uh, Beginning with the exempt organizations with controlling stakes in the WZO. Uh, Our own research strongly recommends uh, that we should take a look at these organizations. We also believe that the IRS should revise Form 990s so that nonprofit organizations like Jack Abramoff's Capital Athletic Foundation can no longer hide what is clearly illegal activity as stealth participants in settlement financing. The U.S. Treasury Department's Office of Foreign Assets Control, uh, members of which are hopefully here today, are very effective at detecting and shutting down any Muslim charity suspected of participating in uh, terrorism financing, but they should develop a similar sensitivity with respect to suspect financial transfers from U.S. charities to Israel or other financial centers of the world which are ultimately funneled onto illegal settlement activity. The bottom line is that clearly a crime has been committed. It may be that as in Israel there will be uh, obfuscation WZO governing bodies will claim uh, that they weren't directly involved in financial flows. Uh, U.S. organizations will claim they're only tangentially linked to the Sassan report. That it would be too complicated to unwind. uh, That fungible assets used to offset illegal transactions are okay, or that they can't respond, or they're uninvolved, or they can't be held responsible. The excuses will be there. These were the same responses given to Talia Sasson during her investigation. But the bottom line, again, is that a crime has been committed. We've got to move beyond the smoke. It's now clear uh, that internationally, tax-exempt organizations in the US are linked, and that law enforcement initiatives are warranted. To ignore the hard work, which I respect greatly, done by Sasson and only focus on direct terrorism generators that we can seek out and shut down from the U.S. is no longer enough. Uh, Believe me, there will be no reward for doing this hard work or for shining a light on the problem, nor will future disasters averted by confronting it be readily obvious. As Americans, we prefer to believe that all terrorism is generated by dark and evil forces arrayed against the U.S., And whenever we see our own involvement, we tend to first deny or then lash out at the messenger. And efforts uh, of all those who wish, excuse me, uh, lash out against the bearer of bad news as well. But I'm here to applaud Sasson's work, Robert Pape's analysis and enlightenment, and the efforts of all of those who wish to play a productive role in shutting down this terrorism generator in the name of honesty, the law, and confronting uh, many harsh new realities that came of light in the year 2005. Uh, once again, these slides and our report are available at, the, uh, available at the IRMEP.org website. be very happy to take questions related uh, to our independent research um, after uh, the rest of the speakers have had a chance to make their presentations today.